0: okay are you ready I'm ready okay three Three, two one why can't we do I guess we're I'm just gonna start do it we're just gonna do it hi welcome to minor notes this is the podcast where we share our thoughts about albums from top to bottom with no skips and we give some minor notes that is Kate Griffin and that is Gabby Alvarez welcome hi hi okay so who are we I know I think the people should know they have no idea I am an artist manager and a music business professional and I am an artist, a teacher, and a musician who has been playing music and writing songs for 20 years. Yeah. So we feel that we're super qualified to have this conversation. Yeah. Obviously. Right now. Obviously. I mean, like, the reality is we're both highly opinionated, educated women from New Jersey. Mm hmm. Facts. So we're going to talk about whatever we want. Correct. And yeah, I mean, I feel like. We've both been involved in music long enough to, at the very least, I mean, I know on my part, I am at the very least able to tell when a song is a good song. Yeah, same. I feel like because of what we both do, we're able to have objective conversations about music. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of why this is happening. So let's talk about... why are why are we doing this so I recently moved I live in Seattle Washington now and Kate is still back in the great state of New Jersey and in an effort for us to keep in touch Kate suggested that we use this app called Marco Polo which is basically like video texting you send video messages it's like it was described to me as like video walkie talkie oh that's good yeah yeah that's what it is. And the best part about it is like, you know, with the time change and everything, you don't have to be up at the same time to FaceTime. Um, you yes. just send a little voice memo or, or video memo. And then, you know, on your end of the planet, when you wake up, you see it and then you send me one and then you just continue a conversation back and forth. It's pretty cool. Yes. So we started doing Marco's and it just so happened that as we started doing Marco's, Taylor Swift released a Taylor's version of Red. And then that 10 minute version of All Too Well happened. And I think, you know, I've always been a Swift fan. I don't consider myself a Swifty because I think there's a, a degree of unhealthiness to that. <laughs> I was absolutely going to talk about this. A hundred percent. 100 to that level of fandom i just the last time that i was that much of a rabid fan i was 14 years old it was the backstreet boys and my mother thought i had to be uh put on a 72 hour hold yeah. because i was psychotic <laughs> i mean so, like same but nsync <laughs> so it's like weird that we're friends <laughs> but we've grown that's really strange and I, that really upsets me <laughs> to find out right now that you're an nsync person you're oh wrong my God, but right we can get now? into that <laughs> Another, I didn't know that season two season two is <laughs> done um so yeah, so Kate, uh I guess it piques your interest, right the ten minute version yeah, well, I mean i think I think a, a combo of things happened, right so her version came out, and of course, the world was a buzz, and you i don't know if you know this, but like you're my cool factor pop culture go to um oh I gosh. actually. I don't know if you remember this. By the way, I'm a high school teacher. So like I have to keep up with like the lingo and the stuff like yeah. I, it's just part of my job. And do you remember when I asked you what drip was? Yeah, I remember. I, you've asked me a lot of things. Yeah, Oh, I was just going to say, well, drip was one. And I swear to God, they were talking about drugs. And you were like, no, 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 no. Drip is like, what it's was like it? Accessories. I, I forget. Accessories, just like accessories, accessories yeah. like 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 embellished, like you know, it could be like a chain or what like just like the drip, the accessories, the watch, yes. the so, so I was like, oh, never mind. I know what this is now. And then the other one I remember is tracks. and I remember <laughs> I, I asked you to use it in a sentence. Because I, like, could not under... When someone's like, that tracks. I was like, what What does this mean? For a minute, I didn't realize that's what you were referring to when you said tracks. I thought you meant tracks, like wig tracks. And I was like, I used it in a sentence. What did I say? Your tracks are showing? Like, <laughs> I just, what? I just learned something new. I just learned something new. No, but the kids were like, that tracks, that tracks. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah, like, like I it's didn't know- on track. Yeah. Well, I know that now. Because of you. Yeah. Because of you. Yeah. So I'm here for it. So when taylor's version of red came out the internet my insta feed people i know jake gyllenhaal was everywhere like i was like what in the christ is happening like i did mm-hmm. not understand so i went to marco and i went to my guru and i was like can you explain what is happening to me because you keep me young like i need to yeah. know with the kids like yeah. what what's the 411 what are we yeah. doing um And I think through that conversation, Mm -hmm. you decided. Well, I believe you I believe what you said to me was we cannot continue this conversation until you watch the short film. Yes, that is what I said to you. I was like, I can't we can talk about it if you want, but it's not gonna be a good conversation until you get on my level. (laughs) Right. And I was like, oh shit, I have homework. So I watched the (laughs) short film and I watched the SNL performance. And I had more questions, and so I went back to our first Marco, and I actually said, like, I think if I genuinely want to understand this, I, I ha- will you help me discover Taylor Swift? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Do I start with album number one? Yeah, and I said, yes, you do. And so here we are. So here we are. Yeah. So today, we're going to talk through Taylor Swift's debut album, self-titled Taylor Swift. And kind of like go through a little track by track mm-hmm. and see if Kate ends up liking Taylor Swift. Because I think at this point, the jury's still out. We don't know. Yeah, jury's out. Jury's out. And I'm approaching this from, I mean, it's a little different, right? Like, you have been a fan of hers basically since she came out, right? Like, yeah. you, you were on there, you're a long haul fanner. Yeah. I am coming at this as an adult. Um, with my own experience in songwriting and, and you know, I have my own biases in terms of genre and music and all that stuff. So right, right, right. it might be a little different, but basically I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the deal? Because like you said, I have a f- very, very few friends like you who objectively can listen to her stuff and say, like, I'm a fan. And then mm-hmm. I have people in my life who I'm pretty sure if she, like, went around and murdered babies, they would defend her. So I'm, like, trying yeah. to find, like, where... Is she human? Like, what is happening? What is happening? We're going to figure it out. I, I'm yeah. going to say I don't think she's human. I think she's like <laughs> five cats in a human suit. What? Could be. Could. Yeah. I mean, still th- amazing. Just like trying to get into the movies wearing a big trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just a bit, like a bit from a Little Rascals movie. <laughs> Which is why she's so graceful. Honestly. <laughs> it makes sense she's just cat she's elegant and (laughs) and graceful because she's she has great balance oh my god i've never seen her fall i've never (laughs) seen her fall just saying just saying uh okay so we might have something here so by the end of the episode we'll be able to tell you if taylor swift is in fact a person or five cats in a human suit hopefully and whether or not i am a fan Yeah, that's the big one. So let's get into it. So here are the facts. Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift was released on Big Machine Records, which was an independent, I think still no longer is. Maybe. I'm not sure if it still exists. I I think it's done. Okay. Um, But at the time, Big Machine was an independent label uh, based in Nashville. And the album came out on October 24th of 2006. In the United States and Canada, and then was released. This was actually an interesting fact for me. It was released in the rest of the world, March 18th, 2008, (gasps) two years later. Interesting. Yes, I found that very interesting. I'm not sure how and why they made that decision, and I don't think we'll figure it out until we get into much later albums, like how they made the dates line up. Taylor uh, wrote and recorded this when she was 14 or 15. She was a freshman in high school when she recorded this album. Wow. And she was 16 when it came out and she was new to Nashville. She had just moved to Nashville from Pennsylvania in 2004 uh, to pursue a career as a singer-songwriter in mm. country. Shortly after her arrival, she signed a deal, a publishing deal with Sony ATV. And at the time, I'm not sure if she still is, but at the time, she was their youngest signing Wow! Uh, in history, which is pretty remarkable, I think, for, uh, for a kid. Yeah. And then she signed to Big Machine in 2005. Before Big Machine, she had a development deal with RCA, and she ended up not pursuing uh, a record deal with them because she didn't feel that they like believed in her and i i, I want to say like with a big label like rca they probably wanted to put her in a room with like very very polished and experienced writers and producers and not ha- let her have a lot of creative control and i think it was really important for her to write her own shit that makes sense that totally makes sense yeah and, and the album was nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys that year that it was released. Wow, this one, this first one. The first one was nominated, did not win, but was nominated. Wow, okay. And I think like there were some Billboard Award nominations to like country, country album kind of stuff. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's the background. And let's get into it. Track one Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. All right, you so like Tim McBride. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> There's gonna be a research. lot of my bad singing on this podcast. Love Sorry. it, love it. No judge. This is a no judgment zone. No yes. Judgment zone. Tell me, tell me what you think about um, Tim McBride. Okay, so first, uh, because I am mostly interested in the uh, writing process right. as an artist myself. Um, writing credits on this one are Swift and Liz Rose, mm-hmm. and producer credit is Nathan Chapman, and. What I thought was so interesting how you had the different date for release to the world. Um, This was the first single, which came out in June of 06. I did a little research and Rose, Liz Rose, worked with Taylor, Tim McGraw, Jewel, and Nelly Furtado. I was re- I really thought you were just gonna say Nelly, and I was like, interesting. Uh, honestly, it might have surprised me more less than Nelly Furtado. I was like, wait, who? And then I went on a Nelly Furtado rabbit hole, which is like maybe for a future thing. I literally have Nelly Furtado parentheses question mark. I was like, who? what? It just seems like a weird mix. But anyway, um, the producer Chapman. This was the first album he ever produced really yes and the fact that you said i did not realize it was nominated for a grammy so that's why i was so surprised like wow good for him that's awesome that was nominated for a grammy however you telling me this was the first album he's ever produced not surprised (laughs) at the same time and we'll get get into that oh okay 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 this album is interesting (laughs) it is true i mean you know what fair point fair point i do think a few things i noticed super thick country accent on this him turns out to be like him. I was like i was thrown him i was like what who what's happening i do think this song was a very weak opener i don't know why this was like the first track like Uh, in terms of the listing that made no sense to me um embarrassing i had to google image tim mcgraw because in my mind she was singing about garth brooks No. Which is a very sad (laughs) Google. That's very, they're two very different looking men. I literally typed in Tim McGraw versus Garth Brooks. (laughs) And I want to erase it from my history. I was like, what in the hell is this? I have to do that right now. Don't, please don't. Be careful. Be careful. (laughs) But let me tell you, Tim McGraw is a very good looking man. Oh, yes. He is Fine, so good, so much better than Garth Brooks. I love that you went through and you legitimately thought she was singing about Garth Brooks. I, I was like, this is such a weird song. Like, this is so weird. And then I saw him, and I was like, never mind, never mind. No, Tim McGraw's like beautiful and jacked oh. up, and he's a fan of like the deep V, which is the deep V neck. Is like, it's a specific look, and I don't think many men can pull it off. But Tim McGraw, like, he'll wear like a button-up shirt but only button it to like the middle because he knows because he he knows knows he's delicious i was like he knows oh good lord all right so that like started very sad got very happy for me the visual um and then the only only other note i have is and you and i have spoken about this before we will again part of my issue with taylor is she has a lot of uh lyrical tropes Oh my and God! Just I know what you're. Say. and so yeah. I kept a running list of words that I heard too much, and you know, it's just song number one. So get ready; there's more coming. But in this song, uh, she mentions blue jeans, she mentions Ooh. a black dress, she and does. she mentions a truck. Okay. So just like catchphrase, keep those words in your mind as we continue I, on this journey. <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> i quoted the lyric i hope you think that little black dress and then i wrote all caps dresses start here kate Dre- <laughs> dresses begin at from the beginning from the so, top track, track number one, one album number one album she's one. singing about dresses the dress we should is- keep a dress count that's one dress oh, hell yeah dress yeah Kay? one dress yep. one dress um i agree with with all of your thoughts i i think this song is super safe it sounds like it's it's a straight up country song to me it's a little pop little teen poppy sure of course that's her entire thing at this point but it's like cute it's safe it's sweet The, the hook is catchy it's pleasant. There's nothing about it that I'm like, wow, what an artistic choice. Nothing. Yeah, no. And it's a little, like, mid-tempo for me, for country. It was, like, a little yeah. sl- I wanted it to, like, speed up a little bit, but... Yeah, I, I hear you. I think I I also love... I think this one has male background vocals, too. Yes, Which is, like, yes. a very country thing, I, and I like that. I like that a lot. I agree, and I think at this point uh, in her career her voice needed that support it needs like a it needed like the male support yeah one of my overall notes for this album as a whole is that her vocal range is limited and she puts a twang on to a degree that is one unnatural you're from pennsylvania but two i think the twang was a choice to help her hit notes oh because she kind of you hear it come out a lot when she's like straining and she just kind of instead of hitting the note she just puts a twang on the end of what she's saying got it uh you know what i also i obviously i have the twang note for sure i also have that her voice was relatively weak um but that's really interesting i bet i bet that was like a solution a studio solution yeah yeah so all that to say i think presently taylor has a much better vocal range i think she's learned how to really sing right um and maybe at this time since she was so young i don't think she knew how to sing from her diaphragm yet or at least if she was doing it she wasn't doing it you know the entire time she would get tired and just start singing out of her throat true true yeah that that totally makes sense totally makes yeah sense. um okay so tim mcgraw okay song super hot guy super hot guy thank goodness um i can't stop okay i you should look up tim mcgraw on imdb because he's been in some films okay and he was i think this was the most recent movie at least i saw him in but he was uh he played sandra bullock's husband in um oh my god how am i forgetting the name of the movie right now the movie about uh michael orr who is a football player on oh wait a minute Baltimore was Ravens. that him blindside um, yes tim mcgraw plays the husband in blindside uh sandra Bullock's husband in blindside I guess i'm watching that yeah you should I'm watch it. re-watch he's it. in a lot of stuff just like look it up and watch because he's he's it, also like he's not a bad actor he's fine like he's not great but he's fine sure sure well i mean look at him okay beautiful moving on to track number two yes Picture to Burn. This is your jam. I wish This is my jam. I wish this was the album opener because I do agree. Tim McGrath's kind of sleepy. And I think like albums, at least when this album came out, it was still like CD time. Yeah. You need to open with a banger. And I think Picture to Burn is a banger. There's like banjos. I love banjos. Like I love playing air banjo. I love playing (laughs) air anything because I can't play anything in real life. And I'm so good at the air banjo air banjo and, is the choice that's the one to go with yeah and i think this is like uh, i i consider this like one of like uh, like a clear obvious taylor swift song like the lyrics are fucking cheeky and she's kind of rude and she, she does like a lot of lyrical burns that's like her thing she and she starts on this song um just i hate that stupid old pickup truck truck one truck i hate that stupid oh, two trucks two trucks trucking truck counts two. I hate that stupid old pickup truck you never let me drive. And then I also love, watch me strike a match on all my wasted time. As far as I'm concerned, you're just another picture to burn. Like, that's so mean. It's a good, it's a little bitey. It's a little spicy. It's a little bitey. It's really mean and I like it. Yeah. And also worth sharing that the original lyrics were not nice. And that I, I'm, I forget what they are now, but the, like one of the first original lyrics, like the, like the third or fourth line of the song was actually, that's fine. I'll tell mine that you're gay. Um, I think now it's, whoa, I forgot what it is now, but she, I think she's, you put the word way and in instead of gay. Ooh, but they like so that was the original album version, and then for radio they had it. She changed it, so Wait she a wasn't minute. saying so that. So there are yeah. albums out there where she's saying I have the album, and it says you're gay. Yeah, that's fine I tell mine that you're gay, and I I hate that stupid. Oh yeah. Okay, we're gonna d- okay. At another time. I need to hear this. Yeah, it might be. um, Actually, Dre, our producer Dre, who's silently listening right now. Dre, you have my CD case. If there's Taylor Swift's (laughs) Fearless in that CD case, you have the original version of this song. Coveted. Coveted goldmine. Um, (laughs) Okay. Dre's checking it it it. out. (laughs) Checking it out. We're on standby. Um, Wow. Yeah so i really love this song this song is just like it's it's in my wheelhouse of stuff that i love where it's like really catchy it's poppy it has a really good hook you know like the the lines that you can make out are memorable enough that the line is stuck in your head sure sure so i i really dig this song i'm into it i'm into it too um the writing credits and producing credit are the same same as before oh, okay same people This was released as the fourth single in February of 08. And I have in parentheses, two years later, question mark. But we resolved that earlier because this was world release. Mm -hmm. I think the chorus of the song is what makes it a jam. Yeah, It's just real, real good. I have a note, sweet banjo solo before the bridge. Super sweet. Into that banjo. (laughs) banjo. So into it. Lyrically, she mentions being told that she's obsessive and crazy she revisits this several times in the future yeah so i think this is the first time where she says something to the effect of like tell your friends i'm obsessed i'm crazy I'm something crazy. like that that's fine i'll tell mine that you're gay oh, damn <laughs> that damn, was line. damn um that was and the then line. lyric tropes uh we got daddy it's first time she's mentioning daddy, not the last. And second time she's talking about a truck, which is a little rough because that's track one, track two, truck. Where are the producers? I'm like, why are you not checking yeah. out this lyric sheet here? That's interesting because I um as I was doing my research, uh one of the things that they said, she said was that she didn't want to write about, like, trucks and bales of hay because that's not her life experience. So she hmm. wanted to write about, like, love instead because she could talk about that. And it's funny how those things still found their way into found this way song. In yeah, yeah. Interesting. But I agree. "Pictured Burn, definitely a jam. Definitely jam. a jam. Moving on. Yep. Teardrops on My Guitar. Mm-hmm. Same writer, same producer. What do we got? Same, yeah. Same writer, producer. It was the second single. Released in February '07, which like let's just think about that for a second. So first single is Tim McGraw, admittedly like mid-tempo at best, kind of a weak one. Second single, single, sing. I, I'm tired. Second single, <laughs> there we go. Is Teardrops on My Guitar. Yeah. Who the who's put who's giving her direction? Who who's deciding this? So because uh, here's what I think happened. Uh, so this was the first Taylor Swift song I ever heard. Okay. And I believe they were working Tim McGraw to country radio only. And it wasn't until they maybe maybe saw potential that it could cross over, that Teardrops could cross over. There's a pop remix version of Teardrops. And I think oh. that's what was worked to radio. And that's why it was the second single. All right. Because I don't like this song at all. <laughs> I don't like it either. I don't like it at all. Uh, I wrote down a few things. Uh, high drama. She's very deep in her feels. Um, It is very slow, like painfully slow. Yes. I quoted, I drive home alone, but could she drive? When she wrote this, she couldn't. Right, fourteen fifteen? Maybe by oh, the time yeah. it was released, but I'm like, who are you driving? You're not maybe driving by the anywhere. time it was released, yeah, but she definitely was not driving. Yeah. I mean, she also lived in Tennessee, so like maybe she so was maybe. driving. Do they check? Like you could drive a tractor down there on That's there. true. So maybe, maybe. And then the only other question I have is who is Drew? <laughs> um like, Drew looks Ugh, I hate it. I hate it so me. much. I think so. This album I think is about her first boyfriend Drew. He was her high school boyfriend. So I think this... She allegedly wrote this when she had a crush on him and he wasn't, like, paying attention to her, which, totally get it, being 14 and having a crush on a boy. Sure. And you're like, I can't stop thinking about him, and you write this, like, sad, creepy, stocky kind of song. So creepy. We don't give men this kind of attention. It's 2021. also, from a writing standpoint... Why did nobody tell her to change Drew to you? I don't know. Maybe she insisted. Ew. It's about Drew. Name a Drew that you know. No, I don't. No. no one I knows know Andrews. A Drew. Andrews. Yeah, I know Andrews. I don't know Drew's. No one knows Drew's. And if it was you, it just has such a better universal meaning, yeah. connection, missed, missed opportunity, and just crap song. Like Ugh. And also, like Ugh. now anytime she hears this song or had she had to play this song for years, she definitely doesn't play it anymore. But like you always had to sing your ex boyfriend's name. You Ew. did that to yourself. And that plays into the whole you know boy crazy stigma that she got later on and i mean not that she would know at this time and maybe she's getting directions from other people trusting their opinion but like yuck yuck, yeah across the board not for me i don't like this song a place in this world i thought this song was super boring i was (sighs) just like is there a formula machine that she put this song in and just churned it out because there's nothing about it that stands out to me at all i think that's totally what happened um writing credits change a little bit Oh. Um, on this one, we got Swift, we got Robert Ellis Oral, and we have Angelo Petraglia? Petraglia. Petraglia. Okay, thank you. Um, Oral wrote songs for uh, singles, singles for Reba McIntyre Taylor and, hold up, Lindsay Lohan. So we're in good hands. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> we are in very good hands. I put okay. parentheses, LOL. You and I do not agree on this one. <laughs> I can't, obviously, I'm joking, Gabby. God, I'm so offended. Okay, okay, okay. And then the other guy, P- Petraglia? Petraglia. Petraglia, thank you. Has written for Martina McBride, Tim McGraw, and hold on, Kings of Leon. This is the most schizophrenic writing combination I've ever heard. I know that name for some reason, and I'm wondering if I have reached out to him before. Oh we love your work sir (laughs) we love your work sorry (laughs) kings of leon though way better than Lindsay lohan i just feel like it was like across the board like what are we doing here like where's our specialty and maybe that's why this song is not great i listened to this song on repeat because i couldn't remember it it would end and i would be like i completely forgot what just happened did i hear that like, was I present? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You and I have mentioned this, and I timestamp stuff. So, if our, if our listeners at home would like to give it a try, yes. what bothers me most about this song is the chorus of this track, which begins at the 27 second mark, ends around 43 seconds, is very reminiscent of Everything I'm Not by the Veronicas, which oh, was yes. released in 2005 a year before this album, Um, Mm -hmm. that song, if you check it out at the 49-second mark and listen till 55 seconds, it's the same chorus. Like, it is arguably the same damn thing. Their song, the Veronicas, who are from Australia, so, like, maybe... I don't know if they were, like, huge here, but they had one or two radio hits. Their song is superior. It's it's so good. And I was very, like... The timing of that is super suspect to me. And I just feel like if I who am not in the music biz officially, if I heard that song and was like, hey, this sounds like this song, I don't know that the people working with Taylor didn't hear that song. Yeah. You know? I wonder if either of those producers worked with the Veronica's. I don't know. I should have looked it up. maybe like, yeah, or maybe worked closely with like somebody who managed them or, or somehow, I don't know. It feels like pretty, like a pretty egregious error. It's like glaring, and so that led me on a search, and I, I literally Googled Taylor Swift, what is it called, A Place in This World, um, and then the Veronica's Their Song, just to see if anyone else on the internet was like, hey, don't these sound alike? I couldn't find it, but I did find a BuzzFeed article called, Here's What Makes a Song a Rip-Off According to the Law. Okay. Oh. Okay. Interesting. I and like the this. Two, yeah. And the two biggest things. The first is access. So access is a question of whether the defendant ever actually heard or could reasonably be presumed to have heard the plaintiff's song at some point before creating the alleged infringing song. Uh, my argument is, yeah, probably because if little old Kate in New Jersey is hearing the Veronicas from Down Under, so are you, Taylor Swift. Like somebody Definitely on your team. Access. I think. Yeah, heard this song you know? Yeah. And then part two is substantial similarity. So that is a question of whether or not the average listener can tell that one song has been copied from the other, which is like super wishy-washy to me. I feel like that's like so subjective, but I would argue yes. If you listen to these two songs side by side, like it's glaringly obvious to me. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there, there's a lot of uh, copyright law is just so complicated. And I think that in my experience in dealing with it on the management side, it's not easy. It's not that easy, you know, to just sure. prove if you have access. And if, if like, are you technically an average listener? Are you considered such? I don't think, to me, you're not. I don't think you are an average music listener. I think you. you, like, you. that's kind of, like, why we're having this conversation, right? I Neither guess so. of us count as average music listeners. Superior, clearly. I mean, definitely superior, but, <laughs> but no, I think that there's just a thing where like, we, we know how to listen to music and we know how to hear for things like that. Maybe. And like I would argue you're not that's, and, but that's what happens is yeah. that you get into it in whatever in the courtroom and the other party is like, well, I don't think that that is what you say it is. And right. I think there's a difference between stealing someone's intellectual property and like copying it or plagiarizing it and mm-hmm. being inspired by a sound oh, for by sure. a for sonic sure. landscape or a mood or whatever and i think oftentimes we confuse the two mm-hmm. and i just i i'm always for allowing artists the room to like just explore that if if you want to explore that sound I, I I'm never gonna think you're stealing unless it's fucking glaringly obvious I most of the stuff that I find the whatever shut the shit that like comes out on the internet and it's like so-and-so stole this song. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm I'm usually always on the side of like, no, they didn't. Yeah. That's different. And I think it's also just a matter of like, who's more powerful in the situation. Yes. You know? Yeah. I remember years ago, there was the um, Tom Petty, I think he sued Sam Smith. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Remember that? And it was like, to me it was significantly changed it was a very similar chord progression but like sam smith like it was like up like two or three octaves like it was it, yeah, was, it different, was different it was but really it's different. tom petty bro like sorry you lose tom petty yeah yes. and there was also the um the blurred lines one. Oh yeah who's the original writer why am i blanking on that that's bad um uh, marvin gay oh marvin yeah yeah yeah, And yeah, they yeah. ended up, I'm looking at it right now, they Robin Thing and Pharrell had to pay 7.2 million to Marvin Gaye's estate. And like when that happened, I was like, this is so clearly a song that is inspired by Yeah. Marvin Gaye, and it's not fucking stealing it, and I just thought that was bullshit. Yeah. So it's just whoever's got a uh, whoever's got the pull, which arguably at this yeah. point in her career would not be Swift, but nothing ever happened, so yeah, nothing happened. So no. either if the Veronicas tried it, which they may have, it it didn't work out. You know, sorry, girls. I still like their album. It's a good one. Check it out. I don't even know Australian. if they're still doing their thing, but um, I doubt it. I hope they've retired by now. <laughs> yeah, unless they're like super famous in Australia, in they which could case, be. keep on trucking, ladies. Do your thing, ladies. We're coming to Australia. We would love to interview you. I would love to come <laughs> to Australia. Um, yeah, so we'll put that out there. My last note on this lyric tropes. She mentions the rain. See you through the rain. Get ready folks. This one's coming back a lot. One rain. One rain. We have one dress, one rain, two trucks so far. And one daddy. And one daddy. Get ready. <laughs> one daddy. Cold as you, track number 5. Who wrote and produced it? Um we're back with Swift Rose and Chapman the original trio okay the og team i did not really like this song i i feel like her voice was struggling through the entire song and it's just a little unpleasant to me Mm -hmm. Um, but i did like that there were a lot of string arrangements on it and it kind of reminded me uh of tracks from fearless and speak now it's just not as good of a song but there was also a random wind chime sound, Oh. which I don't have the time stamp, but you guys should go through and listen because there was a wind chime. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I missed the wind chime. There's I missed a wind it. chime. I wrote the same thing. I said, I feel like she's straining in the choruses. The notes are a little high. It comes off as whiny. Yeah. And the rest is in a very comfortable range for her, um, but kind of breathy. Yes. So I felt like whoever put this together just didn't have... They weren't considering her abilities, which is unfortunate. Yeah. She should have been working with a vocal producer and she was not. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, def- yeah. like this just was not a good choice for her, whether she wrote yeah. it or not. Like I just wouldn't have put it on the album. I did write the first line so far lyrically that has stood out to me as a good, really good line. Um, I start a fight because I need to feel something and you do what you want because I'm not what you wanted. Ooh, I like that. It was it's good. And in context, like the pacing, it just fits. And it just stood out as like, oh, oh, okay. Like something's happening here. Something's happening. So that made me happy. But in general, it's a downer. Lyric tropes. We've got our first radio. We mm. got our second blue jeans. Second blue jeans. And we got our second rain. Again, rain and rain, back to back. Bothersome to me. Yeah. Um, I also would like to point out the lyric. And now that I'm sitting here thinking it through, I've never been anywhere as cold as you. These are like, the the lyric shit with her is the reasons that I like her, because I think that's a good line. I've never been anywhere as cold as you. I I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. My first gut was to be like, ugh, it's a little but if you really think about it that's that's not so bad what is she 14 15 she's like, 14 that's not so bad. and that's the thing too is like you would think at, when you look at the title cold as you you would think someone being like oh they're just a cold person sure as cold as you but i've never been anywhere as cold as you like relating weather to what she's trying to say right a little metaphorical, a little metaphorical. which is what yeah. i like yeah i think yeah. she's good at that so it's starting it's starting with cold as you just not a home run Yes, yes, started. for sure. Next song, The Outside. The Outside. Yes. Um writing credits just Swift. Uh no surprise there because I I wrote this is all I wrote. As soon as this song is over, I completely forget about it. <laughs> kind of the same, kind of the same. Uh so she's the sole writer. Producer credit is Chapman and Oral, which I just find unnecessary because it's a forgettable song why do we need so many producers on this song like what are you doing and then I wrote I'm confused by the lyrics of this song so let Mm -hmm. me just read you a couple bars it says how can I ever try to be better nobody's ever let me in and I can still see you this ain't the best view on the outside looking in okay then it says I've been a lot of lonely places. I've never been on the outside. But you just were on the outside looking in. So where are you? She should know better than that. Are you in or are you out? I'm so <laughs> confused. I don't know where you are. And neither does she, apparently. I think it's safe to say that she does not know where she is. Like, I feel like someone was like, hurry up, finish this song. And she was like, uh, I've never been on the outside. Bah, Done. It's like what you just sang a whole song about being on the outside. Yeah, she could have cut this one to be honest. Yeah, this is filler. This is filler. Sorry, Taylor. Sorry, Tay Tay. What's next? Tied together with a smile. Who do we got on this one? This is Swift and Liz and Chapman. So the trio again. I I really like the the chorus. I like the the melody on the chorus. It's pretty catchy, but. I also wrote first mention of rain question mark, which was no, not the first mention. It's the second mention third. of rain. It's the third rain. Of rain. Uh, <laughs> third I rain. think for the most part, this song, another one that sounds like like sh- they took a country music template and we're like, just fill it in. Just yeah. fill it in with words. And yeah, um, yeah. I really like I really like the chorus though. It's really catchy. Honestly, couldn't tell you what it is because my notes say no notes, blah slash meh. Hold on, baby, you're losing it. Water's high, you're jumping into it, and I like it. I feel like I never heard that song. I've listened to this album twice at this point. I feel like I never heard heard that song. (laughs) Sorry. But it's good. It's good for a third rain. That was the only lyric trope I had on this one. So, yeah. It serves a purpose, I guess, for us. Okay number eight i'm literally upset that we have to talk about this song stay beautiful this is my worst song worst song on the album i hang on we have to okay i wrote i'm so fucking bored (laughs) the lyrics are terrible terrible this song is terrible i i it oh this is the opening line Corey's eyes are like a jungle he smiles it's like the radio (laughs) like when you say it like that it's it's better when you say it like that should i just do uh should i just read like a like poetry version do it like slam poetry though okay hold on wait i'll do it (laughs) i'll fucking do it i'll do it i'm gonna read it like i'll do my best my best uh poetry hot take let's hear it of taylor swift's i this song really sucks so bad stay beautiful who let her do this i have so many hateful comments under this you have so many hateful comments under this i do okay Corey's eyes are like a jungle he smiles it's like the radio (laughs) he whispers songs into my window in words that nobody knows that's terrible what the hell there's pretty girls on every corner They watch him as he's walking home saying, does he know? Will you ever know? First of all, who, who are you talking to? What is happening? And there's just girls that are watching him. So creepy. I do. I do like the chorus. Again, I like the melody on the chorus, Uh, but this is the chorus. You're beautiful. Every little piece, love. Don't you know you're really going to be someone? Ask anyone. And when you find everything you looked for, I hope your life leads you back to my door. Oh, but if it don't, stay beautiful. <laughs> this sounds like the rantings of like a crazy dude on a New York street corner when you're waiting for the light. <laughs> you know Just what I mean? crazy guy in the street. Goes, like, Corey basically- another way to be the highlight of my day. <laughs> this also, this line, I'm taking pictures in my mind so I can save them for a rainy day. Stop. That is Guess oh, what? That's rainy day number four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, writing credits are Liz, Rose, and Chapman, right? I don't know where they went wrong. Like, they did good for a while, and now it's like, oh, maybe they did How did, did they okay. write this together? So, three, three human brains put this together. Like, stop that. Um, the twang is super serious. I yes. have to listen to it a couple times. Radio is radia. Radia. Yeah, radia. That's how she's saying it i was like what are you doing i wrote that this song certainly does not help with the crazy stigma she gets later on and in, in her career no but no. i will say and my note on that line about her taking pictures in her mind it's stalkerish but this is also a track about a 15 year old having a crush and so yeah. i've as a former 15 year old girl i i feel her yeah I feel like the crush obsession, like, I get that. Um, True, true. The thing is, like, Taylor has just documented all of her embarrassing emotions on, like, eight albums. I feel like this is someone's live journal. Yes. Right? We all had one, and, like, God forbid mine ever turns up. Yeah. It's like that. I deleted mine, and my Zanga and my MySpace. Zanga. Oh, I forgot that's out there. I definitely deleted my live journal, but I maybe I should do some deep dive in designing. I totally forgot about Yeah, you that should one. do that. Ugh. You should do that. Um, my other notes are filler, trash, hate it. That's a, that's one note. <laughs> Lyric trope counts, we got radio, we got rainy days. So we're on number four for radio uh two for radio, I think. I think that's two radios. Four rainy days. And then I asked who is Corey, and I did a little Google searching. Now, this is not. This is from Taylor Swift Songs2.blogspot.com. So like so I don't know let's just legit. have a little you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh it says, and this is a, supposedly a quote from her. So like let's just take it for what it is. It says okay. allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, don't don't sue us, please, Taylor. We're trying, I'm trying to be your fan. Okay. This is a song I wrote about a guy I never dated. Wow, right? Haha. No shit. This, <laughs> this song is about a guy I thought was cute and never really talked to him much, but something about him inspired this song just watching him. No, that's illegal. I... Like, what How old was she when she gave that quote? <laughs> I mean, 15 when she was promoting it, I guess? 15? What? I was like, yeah, that's bad. But again, it it sounds like a 15 year old. And it's also from Taylor Swift Songs 2.blogspot.com. So Yeah, so who knows? Maybe who she's knows? never. Seen that at all. Maybe that's her personal blog spot. We we don't know. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. I'm gonna assume it is for the rest of this episode. I mean, that will become my new research primary source. So Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, get yeah. ready. All right, but Stay Beautiful, loser. Worst one, easily. Definitely not a great song. Uh, next song, Should Have Said No. Followed by the best song. Yes, best, yeah. This song is awesome. Best song. I like this one So a lot. good. I don't like the strainy voice, but I, I make peace with it because this song is like, structurally it's incredible the lyrics are great the melody is great it's just it it, this song knocks it out of the park i really love it and after stay beautiful yeah a a total palette cleanser oh my god like giving me faith just just giving me faith and the writing credits are swift by herself I, okay, and this is why I've told you many times, I think, yes, does she have bad songs? Sure. I think this bitch is like an all-star songwriter. I think she knows what the fuck she's doing. This this one, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we're getting serious now. It took track, it took until track nine. It took a mm-hmm. while. But yes, so she's the solo writing credit, Chapman is the producer, Why is this track buried so deep? I don't know. Was it a single? It was not. It was never a single. It should have been a fucking single. Like, are you kidding me? This is a great song. It's so, if they had opened, but maybe they knew. Maybe they knew. Like, we can't put all our chips out there. Like, we can't do that immediately. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 a great song. This is, like, way better than teardrop This is better than Teardrops on My Guitar, but I, I think, I know, I understand why they strategically picked that song, but still. Yeah, no. Oh, man. This one was so good. I, I did write, the twang is strong with this one. The twang is strong with this one. But you know what? Everything about the song, like the mood, the instrumentation, the twang is like supposed to be it's there. appropriate. Like it totally feels great. Totally appropriate. Super appropriate. I also have... I do feel like you could have made the song even better in the last chorus if they went up a key. like Like brought the whole thing up. But yeah. I don't think that was in her range. Like I don't think she could have done it. So maybe... No, I don't think she... Maybe yeah, she could now. Yeah, but at the time, I don't think she was there. So maybe that's why. It's giving me... In a positive way, it's giving me a think-before-he-cheats vibes but from Carrie Underwood. Yes, 100%. Which think was Before 2005, but I feel like it's like a positive influence. It wasn't like a let-me-try-to-be-this-thing. Yes. No, 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 no. Um, so some fun facts about this song. Um... It's about uh, this boy named Sam Armstrong who had a relationship with Taylor in high school and he Uh. cheated on her and she wrote this song about him and allegedly Sam confirmed that some of the lines in the songs she actually said them to him. So they were taken from, like, after they had this conversation, this big fight, she wrote it and, like, used some of the actual, so which I cool. think is cool. And honestly, good for you, Sam. For, for, not for cheating, not for cheating. No, you're dirt your dirtbag. But for confirming, no. like, yes, I did that, and this is true. Like, wow. Uh, this is also alleged, this is alleged on Genius.com. It says, although it hasn't been addressed by Taylor, Sam claimed via Twitter... In February 2018, that he and Taylor were cool and dated again after the incident, which kind of makes me. I mad. hope Sam's a big fat liar. I hope Sam's a big fat liar, but also again, fifteen yeah, year old sounds sounds right. Girl, yeah, I I would have probably. But you done know what? He served thing. his purpose because this song's a banger. This song's a fucking banger. Um, I think from here on out, we start. We're starting a string of bangers. Oh, like. The next song is Mary's song, Oh My Mind. Wait, you think Mary's song is a banger? I love Mary's song. I mean, it's not you a like banger. That. I think it's, per- I wrote, this song is a perfect scary, in every way. stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> is that the note you hit enter too many times? That's note for should have said no. No, I wrote that. This song is perfect in every way. Okay. I like Mary. Um, song. All right. Well, we can still be friends. All right. So the writing credits are Swift, liz rose brian marr brian marr yeah exactly i looked up this dude it says that swift was his most notable partner like a whole bunch of people were listed i have never heard of and then it says he produces for big machine but we were just saying big machine like might not be a thing anymore so i don't know if that was like an old Uh website or what never heard of this dude so him um producer credits chapman but i just thought that was weird i was like who are you brian marr like what are you doing in here yeah interesting so I like I think what I like about this song that she she paints a picture with the lyrics and I like that it's a very country thing to set the scene set the scene I, I was this old you were that old the sky looked like this this is what we like I, and I like that a lot yeah I, and I think the chorus is catchy Um, I'll be honest I don't remember the chorus but I do have do you want to sing it for me Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. So sorry. Okay, sorry, everyone. All right, so, but I do have... uh, Lyrically, this progresses very similarly to Love Story. So she's starting that three-part saga. Like, we were children, we were adults, we were old people. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I'm into. That's, like, not super easy to do. I do think it's done better on Love Story. When we get to that album, we can talk about how it's better. we'll get to that. Um, I did write... That this was surprisingly sweet the second time around. I think the first time, like, it didn't really hit me, but I listened again and I was like, "Oh, it's a sweet song. It's really cute." Just like, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's about someone real or if she just kind of made it up. I think. I kind of hope she up. did. I kind of hope so too. But yeah, it's just, it's very sweet and just like that. Um, that story i just like the idea of like ch- two childhood friends and i know some people that that's been a thing they were childhood best friends and this then they would end be up together. an awesome cute. wedding song if that was your sitch oh yeah for sure for sure i wouldn't dance no, to that ew, at my uh, wedding no, no matter no, no, what no. but if you were like a country kid who <laughs> got married at like 19 you know how they do like that oh yeah <laughs> they, do that, <laughs> they do that you know it's like legal over there <laughs> they do that some lyric tropes we're back to daddy this time she's saying daddies because it's their daddies so we're only really going to count it as two but like technically there's three daddies there technically it's another yeah. truck another truck take me back to the creek bed yeah. <laughs> oh, was that Sorry. the chorus oh you remember thank you thank you <laughs> i remembered and these two are relatively new lyric tropes. I don't think they happen again on this album, but we see them in the future. She mentions getting down on one knee, mm. and she mentions their town. Like, this town. Yeah. She also mentions walking down yeah. the aisle. You know, I'm going to add that to my list, because that does that, reappear that's in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But this one's okay. Yeah. sweet. I. Yeah, I think. Th- okay, so the one thing that I do want to specifically point out, I like that in each each chorus yes, is different. I do, yes. And as a songwriter, that's like a cool little trick that I think is not utilized enough. Personally, I, I agree. I think it's very okay. cool. Okay. Okay. Next jam. This is my favorite your favorite song. song. This is my favorite song on this album. Is so this our is your song. best. This wow. is my best. I'm going our song. Tell me who wrote Just it. Just a girl. Just hey, just hey producer chapman. Yeah. Love that. I think this song is so catchy. The hook is so catchy. I think it is also similar to Mary's song. It is a perfect example of country music storytelling and songwriting. Okay. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. I love... The hook is just so good. Our song is a slamming screen door, sneaking out late, tapping on your window. It's so fucking catchy. When we're on the phone and you talk real slow because it's late and your mama don't know. So good. And then, like, at the end... Like, their song is their love story, and then I'm asking God if he could play it again. It's full circle. You bring it right back to the beginning, and I, I, it's just, I think it's brilliant. I think she Because it. my note was cute but not special. <laughs> Ooh, you're right I will say, though, but you're I will so say wrong. everything you just said does make me want to listen to it again. It's fucking good. Our song is a slim screen door. Sneaking out late, tapping on your window. <laughs> when you're all alone and you talk real slow. Because it's late and your mama like, don't it's know. It's not bad. It's, it's so not good. bad. It is. If I if I think about it in a country context, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. I think this one is like, it's a great straight up country yeah. jam. I do have a couple notes that like get a little philosophical and like maybe we can't really address it until later. Okay. I would say this is the first time she mentions God. Yes. I think it, it's not the only time, actually. It's yeah, not, so that kind of got me. Time. And I just know, and we're jumping way ahead here, on Lover, her, in Soon You'll Get Better, she has a line that I think is, like, one of the best lines she writes, is, desperate people find faith, mm-hmm. so now I pray to Jesus too. So I'm just wondering if, like, she has gone on a personal religious journey in her own life. Yeah, I don't think 14, 15-year-old Taylor was super mm-hmm. religious. Um, I think that that was a thing because this song is so cookie cutter country, like the formula and everything that she kind of she didn't avoid that trope. She went for it. Maybe not even a personal choice, but just went for it. Yeah, she just went for it. And I I think like that line just fit into the story she was telling. And I think that is also another thing that Taylor does a lot is like, well, this this is a good line. Which I can appreciate. Like, it doesn't have to be true. You know, like, it doesn't have to be true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no way. I mean, if all, if every, that would be crazy if everyone only wrote songs about true things. Everyone would be mad. It would just be bad. Super mad. It wouldn't be super fun songs. Lyrical tropes. She mentions his car, which is not exactly a truck, but let's be honest, it's the same thing. It's probably. It's probably a truck. I would guess it's a truck. She mentions the radio again, and then I did write down tapping on your window hasn't happened before, but it's that very deeply romantic down on one knee kissing in the rain tapping on your window, a little tropey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like say anything vibes. Yeah, over your head, like you want to see me so bad. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that, right? Those are all yeah. the, the original tracks. I think everything else is a bonus. Everything else is a bonus. So, final thoughts. Obviously, the worst song in this fucking album is Stay Beautiful. There's no... We agree. There's no argument. I think... I wrote, actually, as my best song, I wrote Should Have Said No. And as Honorable Mention, I wrote Our Song. But I might switch it. I might switch it. But Should Have Said No is just, like, it's a so good. song. Should Have Said No was my best. My honorable mention was Picture to Burn. And then worse is oh, obviously that's good. Stay Beautiful. Obviously. Dude, what a bad... Yeah, hoping I can forget about it, honestly. I would love to forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think I can. Okay, so, Kate, are you a Taylor Swift fan yet? I gotta go with no. No. No, If this was the only thing I heard... It's fair. No. Honestly... Yeah, I think I would agree. If this was the only Taylor Swift I had experienced, I wouldn't be. And this was also, like, this was not the Taylor I became a fan of. I didn't become a fan of Taylor until Fearless. I knew about, like, I had heard teardrops on my guitar because it was on commercial radio. So I I knew it and I knew who she was. But it was, I was just like, oh, another country person. I'm not into that. But that was many years ago and my tastes have changed. And I really love Casey Musgraves. Okay, okay. Good to know. (laughs) good to know putting that out there but yeah this was uh, not my i wouldn't be a fan of hers either if i was just going on this um but fucking our song is slamming (laughs) i'll try it again i'll try it again okay so here is the final lyric trope tally for taylor swift's first album taylor swift jeans is mentioned in two songs dress one song radio two songs Daddy and or father, two songs. Car and or truck and or passenger seat, four songs. Knee, one song. Rain, four songs. Town, one song. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow on Instagram at Notes Podcast. You can like, subscribe, and or follow on whatever platform you're using to get updates on new episodes. I wanted to take a second and thank the band Above the Moon for writing and recording our theme song. You can check them out on Instagram at Above the Moon Music or on their website, AboveTheMoonMusic.com. Thanks for listening this week. And next time, we're doing Fearless. We're doing Fearless next time. And from here on out, we will be joined by guests. We're going to have a special guest next week. Yeah. And it will be a very fun episode. So tune in. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. FINALLY COOL!